Conversations with the Pirates Den. I'm your host, Sean Lavoy. I'm your co-host, Nathan Colon. And on today's episode, we have special guest Bob Walsh, who is the Associate Director of Player Development, Scouting, and Recruiting Coordinator for the Men's Basketball Program at Providence College. He talks about his career and all the moves he's made throughout it. It was definitely one of our better conversations we've had. And to finish, we talk about Pirate Ball and his, gives his useful insight on a new organization. Yeah, it was a great conversation with him. He had a lot to, a lot of information to give us, and I feel like I learned a lot from him. Um, I'd also like to give a new shout-out to our new partnership. Euro Pro Basket Basketball Academy is founded by Bob Canis. We'd like to give a shout-out to them, our new partnership. Uh, this is going to be exciting for the Pirates organization, you know, after our season, if well, when we have a season, when we get the team together, we'll be able to send players overseas to Spain. And I feel like that would just really help the organization push for what we're looking for. Most definitely. Uh, it's going to be useful, uh, very useful to us to have us, um, this platform where we can send players that we've had or that played for us to um, this guy to help them place for a team. It's going to be very uh, special to see it actually um, pan out one day for someone that actually comes for the Pirates. Um, and then also, shout out to uh, our sponsors. Mia Mia Pizzeria has been, been with us since day one. Use promo code Province Pirates, no space, to get a free cheese pizza when you spend $20 or more. Again, you have to spo- support some local businesses during this time. It's very difficult for everyone. It's going to help uh, support the world go around. For more information, check out the Pirates at uh, on our website at provincepiratesaba.com. Uh, and now on to the Bob Walsh interview. We want to welcome B- Coach Bob Walsh to the Pirates Den. Bob, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm terrific, guys. Great to be with you. I appreciate it. No problem. All right. So uh, to begin, I just want to talk about you and your career uh, with coaching so uh, throughout all your uh, ups and downs. Yeah, well, I grew up in New York. I went to high school in New York City and college in central New York to a Division three school, uh, Hamilton College. I kind of knew I wanted to be – I didn't want to go to work for a living, basically. So I wanted to be involved in basketball, and my limit was probably as, a, as an average to below average Division three player, so I wasn't going to get paid to do it. Uh, always enjoyed coaching and the leadership aspect of coaching. Uh, when I got out of school, I, I got a grad assistant spot at Iona College. Uh, in New York, which is kind of right where I grew up and was a GA there for a couple of years. And then Tim Welsh was an assistant on that staff. Uh, his father was the head coach. When I first got there, Tim took over for his father. And then Tim ended up being the head coach at Providence College uh, a few years later after having some success. So I spent one year at the University of San Diego and then uh, came back to the East Coast when Tim got the Providence job. So I was in Providence in 1998 as an assistant when I was 26 years old and spent seven great years at Providence with Tim and then took over the program at Rhode Island College, which is about a mile down the road and was the head coach there for nine years. Uh, We had a lot of success. I had a tough bunch of kids. And um, so I spent 16 years in Providence, uh, took over the Maine program for four years. So went up to Maine for four. And now I'm actually back in Rhode Island working with Coach Cooley on the Providence staff for a second go around. Yeah, that's awesome. What a career. I mean, like, like Nate and I, we have the exact same goal in our, our lives. We like, we just love basketball and we don't want to go to work that nine to five typical job. Uh, <laughs> so we want to be surrounded by basketball every day. Um, 
And you mentioned like Ed Cooley. What is it like working directly with him? Uh, talk to us about your relationship between you two. Our relationship started when I was an assistant at Providence and Ed was an assistant at URI and then Boston College, but he lived in Providence. So he lived actually right in between Providence College and Rhode Island College when he was coaching uh, at URI and then up at, at Boston College. His wife was actually a Providence cop. So uh, he commuted about 45 minutes south. And then when Coach Skinner got the BC job, it was about a 50, 55 minute commute north. He used to stop by our office on the way to 95 in the morning uh, with coffee and donuts every now and then just to, to beat the traffic, seriously. So you know, he didn't, he w- he'd wait out the traffic and come in and say hello. And, you know, we were basically just assistants in the same league. Boston College was in the Big East at that time. And uh, we got to know each other. We'd help each other with scouts of, you know, opponents when we were in the NCAA tournament, that kind of stuff. And uh, Ed's just, I mean, he's just a terrific guy. So the first thing is it's a lot of fun uh, to work with him. Um, he doesn't take himself too seriously. Uh, he appreciates what he's got, you know, and what he's built at Providence and the opportunity to, to be in a gym uh, and coach kids playing basketball uh, all day and get paid to do it is, is pretty cool. So uh, he's also pretty self-aware and, and he's a listener, which I think is really great for our entire staff. I mean, we have a really uh, experienced, uh, intelligent staff uh, with some diversity on it, guys from different backgrounds with different uh, experiences in the game. And, you know, Coach Cooley's the kind of guy that wants to hear from you and, and he wants to hear you disagree with him. And he's not afraid to, to hear uh, a dissenting opinion and, and tell you, you know, I agree, I disagree. Uh, we all know when we leave the office and walk out on the floor, uh, there's just one voice and one approach. But uh, it's a terrific experience. It's a great learning experience for me as well because I think Ed and I come from different backgrounds and have different approaches to the game. Uh, so, you know, as you guys know, when you're involved in basketball, you're learning every day. If you're not, you're doing something wrong. So uh, it's been fantastic. That's great. Um, so – I, I know that you guys have just came back from, you know, a, a tournament. So would you be able to talk to us about that? Yeah, the Maui Invitational, one of the, one of the best, if not the best, holiday tournaments college basketball has where you get to go to Maui and, uh, you know, it's high-level competition. You hang out on the beach and the sun and the best weather in the world. And unfortunately for us, this year it was in Asheville, North Carolina. So – um, and I don't, I don't say that as a knock to Asheville, but there are too many places that compare to Maui. No, for you know, sure. they, they moved it obviously with the pandemic. Everything is different. The tournament did a great job of, you know, finding a way to get the games in. Um, you know, it was a really good experience for our team. We didn't play very well, you know, and, and there's no other way to put it. I mean, we were disappointed in the way we played. Uh, and in most years, you'd say, you know what, it's early. You're learning about your team. You're playing a great against great competition. This year, we don't know whether it's early or not. It might be late. You know, we're not sure how many games we're going to get in. So, uh, right. you know, we played a really good Indiana team, uh, you know, that has a lot of experience back and, you know, was headed to the NCAA tournament last year and is probably going to get there this year. Uh, you know, we're able to beat a really good Davidson team, a well-coached Davidson team, and, and local fans, URI fans will know them from the Atlantic 10. Um, they're a pain to play against, you know, just the way they play offensively is is so um, 
committed and connected and smart, intelligent. Uh, we were able to beat them by a point, and then we lost to a, a very good Alabama team. So we knew we were going to play against really good competition. Uh, we expected to play better, and we didn't play great. We went one and two out there. Um, you know, we have to – we're trying to sort of make our guys experienced uh, before they're actually experienced, if that makes any sense. I mean, we've got really only four guys that have – have taken the floor for Providence College and played for Ed Cooley prior to this year. So, um, you know, we're kind of learning on the fly. And, you know, we like the talent that we have. We've got a group with a really good attitude. Uh, but we've got to play better, and, and we know that. Um, I know that it's been quite a struggle, too, you know, obviously with the pandemic. So that's just, you know, created a, a struggle within scheduling games because things are so subject to change. So um, how would you say that, you know, COVID-19 has affected not only, you know, just you, but the whole organization as a whole, you know, the whole like team? Well, it's affected everybody, obviously. And, and there's much bigger issues going on with this thing than whether or not you can play basketball. Right. So we've of got course. to keep it in perspective. Uh, you know, the biggest <laughs> impact for everybody was nobody did anything as a team. Uh, in the spring and the summer, you know, so between March where we would have played in the Big East tournament and played in the NCAA tournament and then had individual workouts in the offseason practices over the summer, weight training, conditioning, all that into the fall. Nobody did that. So, uh, you know, some teams were able to come back at different levels during the summer. We did not. Uh, so you're starting with uh, you're starting behind the eight ball in the fall uh, and getting you know, guys into shape and, and being careful not to go too quickly and worried about injuries. Um, you know, we've adjusted like, like everybody else in the country at this point. You know, this is kind of what is normal right now. You know, wearing masks. Uh, you know, we don't go into the office in the morning, you know, like we us usually do. We usually meet about an hour before practice and then go right to the practice floor just so that we're not all kind of hanging around indoors together. Um, you know, it's it's a different atmosphere when you're coaching. You know, we're playing in empty gyms, you know, and, and there's not a lot of energy. You've got to create your own energy. So there are yeah. certainly things that are different. Um, you know, I think it's allowed us to uh, – a benefit is it's allowed us to appreciate what we do uh, and what we get to do every day. Uh, that kind of happens when something gets taken away from you for a little bit. So, um, you know, I don't think it's an advantage or a disadvantage to everybody else. You just – you realize, and you know, look, I learned this as the head coach at a Division three state school, my first head job. You know, you learn to be low maintenance, right? And, and maybe sometime as coaches, we can take ourselves a little bit too seriously and we're worried about stuff that's not really that important overall. So uh, it's, a, it's a growing experience for all of us, for sure. Definitely. Um, I noticed that, too, one thing that you said was that, you know, the energy is different when you play inside of gyms. And um, during one of the games I was watching, I believe it was Kansas and Kentucky, um, the announcers are saying how, you know, with these big schools, you know, we're not able to play, like, in front of our big crowds. So it's not like, you know, playing at your, your home school is going to give you, like, a home court advantage because you're not getting that same effect from the fans. And, you know, it's just, it's just not that same atmosphere. But, um, you know, I think that with – 
how COVID-19 has been affecting everybody. I feel like the NCAA and just like pretty much any organization has been just doing really well with being able to schedule games and just make sure that players are, are negative and you guys can get the season rolling. Yeah, I mean, we're, do- we're doing whatever we can. You know, every day you wake up and you see what's going on across the country and you, you honestly have to ask yourself, you know, is it worth it? And, and are we contributing in some small way you know, to the spread because, you know, we're traveling and we're playing games. But, you know, like everybody, we're, we're trying to live life as normal as possible uh, while also being safe, you know. And, and I think, you know, having kids back in school and, and you know, being able to compete gives us a, a, a little bit of a sense of, of maybe getting back to normal. But it's challenging and there's no easy answers and it's not, you know, no one can stand up and say, Hey, this is the right thing. And this is the right way to go about it. Um, but again, it's also, I, I think we can learn a lot about ourselves while we're doing it. You know, I mean, it, it's, you know, you appreciate that we get 13,000 fans to come watch us play, you know, Georgetown at, at the dunk here in Rhode Island when you're in a gym with cardboard cutouts and you can literally hear every word that everybody's saying and no one's there. So uh, hopefully we learn to appreciate what we have and moving forward, we won't take anything for granted. Uh, so I must ask, you just mentioned how you everyone can hear everyone saying, is that have a big factor into like play calls and like what actually you tell to the players on the court? Because if not in a regular game, well, I say regular with fans, I mean, um, you have screaming fans to disrupt like some of the noise like, that you're saying to some of the players so the coach can't hear. Is that change at all or how does that impact the game of play? It's an interesting question. I don't think it's really changed much. You okay. know, the, the dynamic in an arena when it is crowded is, you know, you can still kind of kind of on the floor level, you and you guys would know this, you, you can still hear each other. Yeah. You can still communicate. You know, you go to the carrier dome and there's 30,000 people, but when you're trying to talk to your point guard who's standing at the top of the key, um, you know, just the acoustics allow for – uh, you know, the ability to communicate. Obviously, in some places when it gets loud, it's hard. I think most coaches, you know, have hand signals and stuff like that and have ways of communicating. Um, I don't think it's changed much because, uh, you know, look, no one's really hiding stuff from yeah. anybody else. You know, it's, it's not like we're that concerned if we call out, you know, black, that Indiana is going to know what black is. Yeah. Um, you know, it allows you to communicate a little bit easier and maybe emphasize communication more because there is no excuse. Uh, I haven't found that it's really affected. You know, we're not talking on the bench like, Hey, let's speak a little quieter so that, you know, Alabama doesn't hear it. You know, it's still, it actually kind of feels the same, even though you realize like, you know, I mean, honestly, somebody's phone goes off across the way, like with the TV crew and you can hear it ringing, you know, yeah. and you're like, okay, wow, that's different. But, you know, the way we communicate, I think is, is similar. Okay. All right. I, I must ask, like being like seeing in those gyms and like, uh, I mean, I think I probably related to football more than anything with like, like hard snaps, like, and like the offensive line and defensive line don't even know when the ball is snapping. I mean, defensive yeah. line, excuse me. And you it know, just it, like but, has another effect. It's interesting. I think we're doing when we're doing our best as coaches in general, you know, we're not talking to them while they're playing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we, we and obviously you're, you're encouraging them or you're but like 
we're not trying to move the chess pieces, right? We prepare them ahead of time. It's a little different in football where you're calling a play and then there's a, a snap count and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it is an interesting dynamic, but, you know, hopefully for us, they're the ones making the decisions during play. Um, you know, they can certainly hear us from the sideline. And, and my boss is certainly a guy who, you know, he, he can he can get loud enough when he needs to so that he makes sure they hear him. <laughs> Uh, definitely. All right. So now I'd like to pivot the conversation. Uh, you mentioned before this interview that you have a book coming out, uh, that, which is awesome to say. Uh, but like, what is it about? What made you inspired to write the book? Yeah, it's called uh, Entitled to Nothing. Uh, and it's going to come out in December here. And it is really exciting. It's really cool. Uh, I've always liked to write. Uh, you know, when I was a Division three coach, I started a a website and a blog at coachbobwalsh.com that, um, you know, talks about leadership stuff and coaching and some stuff that I think is maybe not necessarily discussed. And uh, it sort of gave me a platform as a division three coach to uh, share ideas and communicate. And uh, really the book, you know, I've always enjoyed writing. I started writing the book uh, a few years back during the summers when I was the head coach at Maine after I left Rick. And it's about I just thought the culture that we built at Rhode Island College was really special. Uh, we built an elite championship culture that was able to sustain an elite level over nine years. And the kids that I coached, uh, the coaches on my staff, uh, the buy-in from everybody, I thought was really special. And I said it at, at the time. So Entitled to Nothing is about building that championship culture and sort of the leadership lessons that I learned along the way. So it kind of, it's the story of the first two years that I coached at Rhode Island College. You know, my, uh, my second year, uh, we ended up going to the Elite Eight. We went 27 and four and went to the Elite Eight and set a school record for wins. And um, so the book is about uh, a championship culture and, and the leadership lessons. And it's really uh, what I consider an uncommon approach to leadership. I, I think the kids that I coached at Rick taught me to look at leadership in a different way. And that maybe the traditional model of leadership uh, isn't necessarily effective. And the model that we used at Rhode Island college really was. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to get it out. It's called entitled to nothing. There's actually a website for the book as well. Entitled to nothing book.com. Uh, and hopefully it'll be well received. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just like hearing about it, I was so intrigued. Uh, I mean, as a basketball fan and like like advocate, I love basketball, everything that comes with it. Um, I, I already want to get my hands on it and give it a read. Um, so where, so when and where is would this be available? Do you know? Well, it'll be point? available on Amazon and, and Books A Million and everywhere that you buy books. Um, you know, I'm hoping, I, I mean, I'm literally, you know, in my free time at night, just finishing up like some editing stuff and uh, the website, which is, is should be active soon. So uh, I would say within a week, probably, you know, Dece between December 10th and December 15th, uh, it oh, will wow. be available and you'll be able to get it, you know, again, entitled to nothing book.com or coachbobwalsh.com. Uh, you know, I'm on Twitter at coach Bob Walsh. I'll, I'll obviously have all the information out there. And, you know, if you guys want to send me your address, I'll send you a I'll send you a free copy. How's that? Oh, that'd be awesome. I mean, I definitely Great. want to get my hands on that. One of those. Um, so you heard it here, go get it. Those follow those links. Um, okay. Now, uh, shifting 
to the Pirates. Give me everything. I want to hear it. First of all, I think Providence is, and I say this with great respect, I think Providence is a terrific minor league town, right? There are no professional sports. Uh, and obviously, I know most fans, you know, follow the Boston teams. But, um, you know, I've always thought Providence was a great uh, minor league town. And it's a place where basketball is really important. You know, when I was the head coach at Rick, we had uh, – you know, we had local TV stations doing the sports cast from our gym, you know, at a Division three school, uh, having some success. You don't see that everywhere. So in the winter, basketball is really important. Obviously, you know, PC basketball is very, very important. Uh, but you've got three other Division one schools in the state. High school basketball is really important. If you've ever, you know, gone to a LaSalle Hendrickson game or you go down to the Ryan Center for the state championship, the passion uh, that people have for it is really good. So uh, I, I think it's a great – and look, there are really good local players in the area, right? You look at kids oh, from yeah. Rhode Island uh, over the years, you know, the 20, 25 years that I've been around, uh, they go to – the kids that go Division One out of Rhode Island end up having much better careers than people expect out of them, you know, and, and you, 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 there are a lot more really good division one players out of Rhode Island than you would expect. So, um, you know, I think the challenge is going to be obviously finding a niche in the market, you know, and, and when you're playing and, and, you know, um, it's probably the job you guys have, right. To, to get word out there, you know, and, and provide a good product. Um, finding the right times and to, to play the game, so to speak, so that it's, it's at a time where uh, people are looking for, for some sort of entertainment. I, I think if it's, if it's well coached and there's good talent and, and the kids play hard and, and, you know, play with some class, I think you'll find people really interested. And in I think finding that niche with the right coach, uh, the right approach to playing and the right players is really important. And, you know, I think that <clears throat> with, being the only professional sports team that's back again in Rhode Island. Um, I feel like this is just going to be great for, for our community. And we, like you said, we do have a lot of, of good talent in Rhode Island. And I feel that just because, you know, we're the smallest state, you know, people really don't recognize us too much. I hear a lot of talk about people thinking, you know, how Rhode Island is like in New York, things like that, thinking about Long Island and stuff. So I think that this would be great for just to get exposure out in Rhode Island, you know, just to have people just know, you know, there's talent here. There's good ball players. There's players you, who are coachable. You know, there's athletes. You know, we, we got everything. It's just time to execute and show it. Yeah, people in Rhode Island, um, you know, they're, they're pretty genuine. They're pretty authentic. Like, they will, they will support a good product, you know, and, and you're certainly starting with something that people love, which is basketball. So hmm. you have some local people involved, uh, and the product is good, and it's first rate. Uh, you will find you will definitely find support, and you know, I've always said one of the special things about coaching in Rhode Island is the passion that people have for basketball. You know, um, it's you know you don't see too many Division three schools like Rhode Island College getting games on television, you know, and um, you know highlights on TV and all that. So uh, you can actually absolutely make a mark here if it's done the right way. Yeah, our uh, our CEO Sarjan uh, is like using it, and he said to this to the players at the <clears throat> at the end of the first combine. He was like, "This is a bridge to you to get to um, overseas," because he has uh, like connections from coming from Turkey. So like that's what he's right. using, it, and he knows what he wants. It's not like I want to be like 
the biggest ABA team and like make it to the NBA somehow or so with like a expansion, something like that. He knows what he wants and he's targeting that exact market. So like he's going the right steps and like, that's how you have to do it. Yeah. And you will, you will find talented, hungry, driven basketball players uh, in Rhode Island looking for that opportunity without question. And certainly throughout new England. Um, oh, 100%. But yeah. So, so you'll find, I mean, I mean, look, you can list guys over the last 15, 20 years who were really, really good who would who would love to have an opportunity to do that so uh, you know it sounds like a good market for you guys it's going to be a lot of work I'm sure but that's probably why they hired you two <laughs> most definitely uh Bob thanks for coming on it was an honor uh you heard it here check those links go get his book uh go root for some PC basketball support everyone in the Rhode Island uh but thank you for coming on it was a bit of great pleasure of ours I enjoyed thank it guys I enjoyed it thanks a lot for the time What an awesome interview that was with Bob Walsh. Uh, something that stood out to me during it, uh, I don't know if like he wants to do this or not, but his voice sounds like he could be on the radio and he could be doing it for like years to come and be very good at what he does. Definitely. He had that broadcaster radio yeah. type of voice, you know? Uh, yeah, definitely. And um, he also mentioned the book. Definitely go check out his book. Uh, give that a read. Uh, just knowing him and having a conversation, he definitely chooses words uh like specifically and he, like giving from a work of literature it'll definitely be a awesome read and awesome to uh i'll hear about his insights of uh, going into detail all right nate where can they find us at they can find us on instagram twitter and facebook at pirates aba and they can also find us on our website www.providencepiratesaba.com spotify apple music and buzzsprout pirates Day. Yes, sir. Check us out. Like, comment, subscribe. Until next time, Pirates Nation.